0: Welcome to Dog Talk and Kitties Too. This episode features one of the three guests who were part of my weekly hour-long NPR show broadcast over the air every Sunday on WLIW-FM 88.3, the only NPR station on Long Island, where it is broadcast continuously for 14 years. I'm Tracy Hotchner. I wrote the Dog Bible, everything your dog wants you to know, as well as the Cat Bible, everything your cat expects you to know. I'm also the founder and director of the New York Dog Film Festival. The eighth annual New York City premiere will be October 2023, along with the fifth annual New York Cat Film Festival before traveling the country, supporting local animal welfare groups. This show is about dogs, cats, and other creatures who share the planet with us. Please check out my other Pet Talk podcasts at tracyhotchnerpets.com. I would not be able to bring you this show without the generous support of Dr. Elsie's the privately owned litter and cat food company founded by Dr. Bruce Elsie, a feline-only veterinarian. He personally created many styles of litter to make sure that even the fussiest cats would not have out-of-litter box problems, the number one reason people abandon their kitties. Dr. Elsie also created his own brand of cat food called Clean Protein, the first dry cat food I can recommend because it's based on the protein found in a cat's natural prey. This show would not be possible without the longtime support from Waruva, the pet food company founded and privately run by David Foreman, who named it after his rescued kitties, Webster, Rudy, and Vanessa. Waruva is a quirky name for a company with whimsical names for the dozens of different cans and pouches of cat food they make, but what sets them apart is how serious David is about high quality nutrition. They were the first pet food company to use human edible ingredients and process them in the same facilities that make human food. Other pet food companies may have copied them over time, but Wervo remains privately owned and run, accountable only to their own high standards, not investors who focus on profits. I am really looking forward to talking to a Wonder Woman in the cat rescue field. Corinne Burgoyne is the adoption supervisor and the shelter operations manager at MSPCA Boston. And Stacy LeBaron at the Cat Connection told me, this woman has done something no other shelter in the United States has been able to do. A return to owner rate 10 times higher than the rest of the United States. Corinne, you are quite extraordinary. And I'm sure you want to share the secrets of your success. You'd like other shelters to be even a fraction as successful as you, I imagine.
1: Oh, sure. Thank you, Tracy, for having me. I so much appreciate it. And I also have to thank uh, Stacy LeBaron, who is one of my biggest cheerleaders. So I appreciate her connecting us. Um, Yeah, I'm the um, operations supervisor at the Massachusetts SPCA, where we have four um, adoption centers. And I work specifically out of our Boston Adoption Center, and um, nationally, the average for cats who are, you know, found outside, found roaming, found um, perceived to be homeless by the people who bring them in, who end up in a shelter, um, the the rate at which they are reunited with their owners nationally is somewhere between two to five percent, is what the wow. data tells us. Yeah. That's and horrible. Also, and, yeah. Um, and definitely, I'd love to talk about in a minute, like some of the factors that go into that. But at, at our adoption center, um, our rate has been as high as 36%. Um, and we're really, really proud of that. And I think there's um, a lot of work. I think, you know, of all the great things that we're doing in the animal welfare world that is really hard and, and challenging and emotionally and physically taxing, um, this is an area that I think is just kind of generally underserved. And so um, I feel like our, our program is, in, is evidence that if we... Um, decide as an organization and as a field of animal welfare that this is an area that can be improved. Um, I think our program shows that we can we can increase those numbers of those animals who return to loving homes that really want to have them back.
0: Well, you know it's it's depressing because I'm, I'm going to ask you because you know the whole big picture. What's mm-hmm. the return rate of dogs who are found wandering? Of course, there's many more unowned community looking cats feral looking cats than there are dogs roaming anymore i mean 30 40 years ago there were loads of free roaming dogs in various cities even boston i'm sure but what is the return rate of dogs who are identified as having had an owner what is the the return rate to those people
1: that's a great question that funny enough i actually don't feel super confident in the answer to that um and yeah and the, the reason is really that so any of the things that i'm talking about in the the um the approaches that we take and the the things that we do can certainly be applied to dogs. Um, for us here in the Northeast and in Massachusetts specifically, um, sort of exactly like what you're talking about, our like you know roaming, lost, random, unaccompanied dog walking <laughs> down the street is quite low. Right. So I, I would I, I I I will say a number that I believe I have seen places, but I want to be clear that I'm not a hundred percent factual in this number it's it's closer to like 50 to sixty percent um, in some places and I think maybe as low as 40 and up uh, in you know in some areas that are underserved um, but you know so that that number could also be increased and I know that there are some groups out there who have really gotten their return to home numbers for dogs up there but even if on the low end it's forty percent if it's two to five percent for cats that's still a huge disparity it's so, so that's why I really made sure wanted to make um, our work really focused on that area that needed a lot definitely. of
0: definitely. I was just presuming that it it looks so grim for cats because of this sort of throwaway uh, attitude in the culture about cats. Oh well, they'll find another well, home, mean, or they're okay on their own, yeah. or the people probably didn't want them anyway. And it it's just it's a very rude and disrespectful attitude toward cats and i'm wondering how much does microchipping have to do with this or or people with cats much less likely to microchip them and is that is that your main avenue to reuniting pets with their original families
1: yeah that's a great question so like you i would like to stand from the rooftops and tell everyone you know, that getting your, micro, your pet microchipped is, is a really great thing to do. Um, I suspect that in a lot of communities, there's places that you can access, you know, low-cost resa- resources for microchips at the MSPCA. We do it for $15 um, and include it also as part of our low-cost spay neuter packages. Um, yes, the rate of um, microchips is much higher in dogs than it is in cats. Um, for our shelter, the, the percentage of, like, stray and found cats who come into us about fifty percent of them are microchipped, and that's actually very high. When oh, I yeah. told, I recently went to a national conference and presented on this topic, and when I told the crowd from you know all over the U.S. that our rate of um, microchipped cats coming in was fifty percent, that was very high for a lot of people. And again, I think that's indicative of the fact that in the Northeast and Massachusetts, we've been doing animal welfare really well for a really long time. And so, um, you know the the basics of pet ownership are really accessible to people. So, yes, you're right. The the animal who comes in with a microchip that is registered to an owner who has up-to-date contact on, information on that microchip, that's the low-hanging fruit. That's the really easy get to call that number, get those people on the phone, they come down, they pick up their cat. So, But that is only, so when I say our reclaim rate is 36%, That's only about 12% of our reclaims. So it works, but it and, you know, that's, like I said, an easy way to get them home, but we need to do some additional things. And so one of the things that I feel really passionately about with microchipping that gets us much closer to that 36% is if that microchip either isn't registered at all or is registered with out-of-date contact information and out-of-service phone number you know, an address that is nowhere near where that cat was found, I don't take that as the end of the road. And so um, I really like being an internet internet sleuth. So Googling people, Googling phone numbers, finding people on social media, reaching out to them, finding their LinkedIn, emailing their work email address. Like That is a really significant portion of that 36% return to home rate we get. And on our end, what does that take? 15 minutes maybe to like do a little bit of Googling and find someone in a different way. Um, Because I think that people just have, people don't think about their animals microchip or don't think about that it needs to be updated or maybe like, don't even remember that their pet had a chip to begin with. That's right. And one of the things that I think is, you know, we can do these certain things like, um, you know, uh, super sleuthing people's, uh, information from their microchips but that means that we in the animal welfare world have to decide that part of at least part of this is our responsibility
0: you know I oh, think historically for
1: a long time we've said well it's the owner's responsibility yes. to find their pet and it's the owner's responsibility to update their microchip well when the animal's in my shelter now <laughs> It's kind of my responsibility, right? And That's nice. Also, if I'm saying this is my profession, this is my field of work, this is where I have expertise, I think it is part of our responsibility to go above and beyond and do the right thing, which is presume these animals have a loving home. And get them reunited with their owners.
0: That's a really great attitude rather than putting your hands on your hips and saying, well, if this is how much you cared about your cat, heck with it. You're saying you probably found this cat or rehomed this cat from a friend or a neighbor. And the idea of it having a chip never crossed your mind or alternatively possibly sometime before you moved from Iowa to Denver you did have some piece of paper that had the chip number on it but that wasn't the that wasn't top of mind for you when you moved so you, you forgot are all so about exactly it exactly right right yes like people love their pets and people
1: also have a lot of conflicting priorities in yes. their life and those two things can be true at the same time and I think also from an animal welfare perspective, you know, I can only speak for this, the data for my, my organization, um, length of stay, right, which means like how many days an animal stays in our care in the shelter. For our shelter, the length of stay for all cats in general, cats that came to us in any kind of way, their average length of stay is 13 days.
0: That's very the short. The average length
1: of, yes, in general, nationwide, that is very short the length of stay for a cat who comes in and gets reunited with their owner is three days. So that also like that has so many trickle down benefits for our organization. We know that length of stay is the single greatest contributor to an animal contracting a communicable disease in a shelter environment. Length of stay contributes to stress on people and the animals caring for them. So like, even from just if we wanted to look at it from a selfish standpoint and not in a happy-go-lucky, lovey-dovey, let's reunite pets with their owners. Right, right. It benefits the organization overall as well.
0: Right, because you don't want your volunteers and your shelter staff to see that same cat for days and days and days who came in kind of in shock. And now he's gone into the bread loaf shape and he's depressed and he's scared and he's traumatized and he doesn't want to eat and he could have urinary tract problems because of the stress. Yeah. And now the, the the volunteer and the shelter worker are feeling really extra bad about their job yeah. because yeah. this animal's suffering and there's nothing they can do to, to help it. I'm, I'm curious what happened to Michelson found animals. There was a period in time when Michelson Found Animals was providing low-cost chips to shelters, and then anybody with any chip from anywhere could register with them and change the registration information for free. Now, I think that the company, the nonprofit that it is, may have changed its its job in life, if you will. But where do you most recommend that people register? Because there are some companies, I want to say AKC and some others, but I, I could be wrong, that charge a yearly fee. So mm. there's a kind of pushback I... to that for people. Whereas if it were free, could we urge them a little more to please just use your email and write into the whichever the company is that you recommend, Corinne, and register your number with them. And then when you when your cell phone number changes or you move, it's it's pretty easy to go in there and change it. Where yep. where do you this recommend great, doing that?
1: This is a great question. Let me try to give you a really quick rundown of my thoughts on this question. One, I believe that Michelson Found Animals is now foundanimals.org.
0: Yes, you're right.
1: I'm not 100% sure no, about that. Is. But I believe they're doing similar um, work. They're great. Um now you asked a question that I love because there, you know, and I'm not I don't I don't claim to be an expert on exactly how every single microchip registry company works, but I'm pretty familiar with most of them and they all work quite very similarly at the end of the day. And the question that you ask is a huge misperception in the community. Pretty much every microchip company that I know of to have your information in their database and to update your information as needed with them directly is no cost. That is part of the cost of the initial implant and the registration of the microchip that you paid for at the beginning. There are a lot of microchip companies who send you messaging that kind of vaguely in a coded way makes you think that you need to pay to yes. have a registered microchip. And what they're actually doing is providing a subscription-based service that provides you additional resources should you want to pay for that service. So those resources might look like if your pet got lost, they would like fax and email all the shelters and vets in a 50-mile radius from you. They have like a 24-hour emergency poison hotline access, things like that. But I I would encourage people to look very carefully at what that messaging is that they're getting from their microchip company. Because it's very likely that you don't actually have to pay to have your microchip be registered and and easily updated for free in their database. But they are, you know, I mean, they're a business, right? So they right. are asking you to pay for services, but that is not about the database. Um, so that's really great. Um, and the, found animals is
0: not really... Um, a a for it's it's not at all a for-profit organization it's a non-profit so So they're not in it to make a buck they do sell the product to shelters like yours or others to insert the the microchip the other thing that I think has changed over time when I wrote the dog bible and the cat bible there was a big issue about the scanner so a Mm. vet clinics could have a scanner shelters have a scanner But there's brands of scanners and brands of microchips, and if they don't play well together, you can't scan the animal. Is that no longer true? Is there a universal scanner now?
1: Um, In my experience these days, most scanners are what you would call a universal scanner that will now. But here's the extra thing, though. With so much rehoming of pets and pets being surrendered to shelters and then rehomed through that shelter, the thing that um, you can't know for sure. So when I scan an animal and the chip number comes up, I can tell, just because I've been doing this for a long time, or I could look it up online. Based on the confirmation of that chip, I can go, oh, that's a Home Again chip, or that's an Avid chip, or that's right. a AKC chip, or whatever. But now there's so much rehoming and re-registering of animals, I can't guarantee that the manufacturer of that chip is where the most recent registration is. Does that make sense? Totally. So like you can re-register chips in different databases. So the thing that I most recommend, and I hope all shelters, if you're listening to or vets use this and and even the public can use it, um, you go to, petmicrochiplookup.com.
0: Oh, wow. And you
1: put in the microchip number, and it doesn't give you the information on the chip, but it what tells it searches all the microchip databases, and it tells you this is the company who has the most recent registration on that chip, so contact them. And what it, that might it, be is this is an Avid chip, but you need to contact home again for the most
0: recent up, um, registration. So it's, it's a very convoluted system. It is convoluted. It but I think, Corinne, the thing that, that we come away with is... That you as a shelter have got this incredible success rate because you put your shoulder into it. You make the extra effort. You take it as your responsibility to do the best you can to let those people know that their cat is with you, not wandering the streets or, uh, you know, someone else has picked it up and now rehomed it, which happens when a hungry cat comes to the back door and is a friendly cat people go on this presumption, oh, I guess the other people didn't want him, or he didn't like his home, yeah. so he's mine now. Which, yep. you know, is better than kicking him out into the cold of the night, but sure. not as not as uh, gracious as it would be if you were to think, hey, somebody's heart is broken and they want this kitty back. Corinne Burgoyne, yep. we've run out of time. The work you're doing okay. at MSPCA Boston is incredible. Your success rate is a beacon of hope and light for people who've lost their pets in your Boston area, especially kitty cats, but also nationally. I hope more people understand how you do what you do and that you keep on keeping your numbers so dramatically high. Thank you so much Thank on you. behalf of all the cats and their humans who've been reunited <laughs> because of you. Yeah, it's the greatest
1: feeling ever. I don't, know, I don't know how you couldn't do that once and not keep chasing that feeling.
0: Good for you. Thanks for listening. There are a few more special companies that make this show possible. I hope you will try their products because they support my mission, to entertain you with valuable information and advice. This show is supported by Wonderside, a company founded and run by a woman entrepreneur who wanted to find an effective natural way to keep fleas, ticks, and other pests away from her pets and home instead of putting toxic chemicals in or on them. Wonderside makes plant-powered products to keep parasites at bay without dousing your pets and property with ingredients that are harmful to them and the planet. The show is also underwritten by Evermore Pet Food, privately owned by two dedicated women who take human-edible, ethically-sourced ingredients and gently cook dog food that is then frozen in pouches and shipped right to your door. They founded and run their own company and have been doing that for 14 years and answer only to their own high standards without interference from venture capital investors. I'm also grateful to Earth Animal, also privately owned by Dr. Bob and Susan Goldstein, where they create holistic pet wellness products with an emphasis on their stewardship of the Pet Sustainability Coalition. Earth Animal makes a dazzling array of healing products for dogs and cats, as well as the innovative Dog Chew No Hide and the hybrid dog food Wisdom, which is sometimes all that my picky Blue Wimarano Maisie will eat.